Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to a non-named podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I'm your host, Nate, and I say non-named because this is not one of our normal podcasts. It's not Dinging Corners. It's not Face Value. It's not Sam's Dunks. Sam Dunks. Just kidding. Supposed to be a play on Slam Dunk. Uh, Because it's kind of a weird time in the sports world where there's no NBA basketball games on, though there will be NBA basketball games on tonight, but pre-recording this, there won't be. This podcast will probably come out tomorrow on Friday, but as of right now, there is no NBA basketball games on. There's NCAA basketball, but it's been a little boring lately, minus Duke losing the other night, and a huge game on Saturday, number three Kansas, my favorite team, against number one Baylor. Should be a huge game there, um, but you know, not as of this recording, it hasn't happened. And then you've got no NFL football, no MLB baseball. Pitcher, play, position players did just report pitchers last week, but no spring training games yet. So we're in a doldrums of the uh, sports calendar, so to speak. Yeah, I guess there's hockey if you're excited about hockey. So when you're in a doldrums and there's nothing else to talk about, what do you do? Well, you we still want to get out of podcast. Well, we did a interview today. Uh, we don't normally do interviews. Uh, we'd like to get into more interviews if possible. And we did an interview today with Leighton Sheldon of Vintage Breaks. Um, Vintage Breaks is a breaker site for, you guessed it, vintage cards. They have uh, a number of cool things on here. 1986 Fleer, you know, Michael Jordan, stuff like that. But then they also are getting into new stuff, which is probably more interesting for you guys. 2018 Noir, 2018 uh Prism Choice Basketball, they've got First Off the Line from this year for basketball, Immaculate from 2018 with Luca. they've got 2009 Bowman Draft with, you know, Mike Trout uh, firsts, so they've got some new stuff, they got some old stuff, uh, Leighton is a very nice guy, and he was a good interview, I enjoyed interviewing him, um, I hope you guys learn more about the card market, vintage breaks specifically, but then the card market and what it's like to be a breaker and why, you know, they are doing what they're doing and what he's excited about. Um, there's always good to learn from other people's perspectives. You've got the people that are card shop owners, learn from their perspective. And breakers, learn from their perspective. And razzers, learn their perspective. And people that buy singles, learn what they gets them ticking. So uh, a good interview. I hope you all really enjoy getting to hear from Leighton. And uh, if this goes well and is well-received, hopefully we'll be able to get more interviews in the future. So sit back, relax, or don't relax if you're driving or something listening to this, and uh, enjoy this interview from Leighton. All right. Hi, Leighton. Uh, Leighton Sheldon of Vintage Breaks is here with us today. Uh, Leighton, how are you doing? Oh, very well, Nate. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Very excited to do this interview I'm excited to get to know more about you, more about your company, um, and uh, more about what drives you to do what you do. Um, so, Leighton, for those of for those of uh, you that don't know, Leighton is the owner of Vintage Breaks. I, yeah, I so I'm one of the right. owners. Uh, I, I, yep, I own half the company. I do have a few partners that own the other half. Okay, um, and uh, we've been at it for. A little bit more, a little bit longer than slab stocks, meaning uh, you guys started, what, about a year and change ago. We've been at this for about just over two years. Okay. Um, and it's been a wild ride, a lot of fun. Yeah. The, the card market, the card community 
is uh, quite wild sometimes. Uh, it takes a little bit to get used to, but it's definitely an enjoyable venture for us. And it definitely seems like, since I've watched your videos on YouTube, seems like it's an enjoyable venture for you. Um, so Leighton, can you tell us a little bit more so everyone can understand you a little bit better about yourself, um, your background, how you got into cards, you know, the whole nine yards? Sure. Well, I'll try to keep it short and sweet uh, just because I'm sure we could probably take up an entire episode, uh, you know, of, of talking and reminiscing, if you will, about our respective childhoods, <laughs> what the, the individual cards and players meant to, you know, each other. And of course, those in the community. Um, so I'll get right to it. Uh, you know, so I grew up, um, you know, really love sports, still do. Um, and probably found baseball cards when, oh, roughly speaking, I was about nine or so. Um, at first, you know, purely just for the love of, uh, I can't speak for you, uh, Nate, or anyone else in your audience, but for the love of sports, meaning at that time, there was no, you know, I hate to sound so old, but there was no internet. Um, you know, there was, uh, you know, really not much else other than to grab the newspaper from my father, have him yell at me, uh, for taking the sports page. And, you know, that's how I would consume my, my sports news. So short of that, I really enjoyed baseball cards because you not only got players that were playing currently, but if I wanted to know what Donnie baseball's career looked like for the last few years, I'd be able to do that fairly easily by looking at the back of his card. Oh, so it's baseball um, cards where your, your, you know, baseball reference is what baseball cards were to you back then. Yes. Once again, I hate sounding so old because I don't consider myself to be old as I get to play with baseball cards for a living. But yes, the reality of it is that was the time period I was born in. And, um, you know, the third reason I started collecting was, you know, I was one of four in my family growing up, um, the oldest. And so, you know, much like any other, you know, childhood, there's the ups, there's the downs. So, you know, when I was, let's say, you know, by myself or, you know, couldn't go outside and play for whatever reason, right? Didn't get the right grades in school. Yeah. I would be able to look through my baseball cards because it was construed as a, a positive activity in my family. Um, even though my dad was not into collecting, nor was really involved, uh, I basically mowed as many lawns. Um, uh, I was thrilled when it snowed out because I was the kid who walked around with a shovel, uh, you know, would be happy to get 30 bucks cash because that'd be money I could use, you know, as I got a little bit older, um, you know, to, to use uh, towards cards and such. And then, you know, kind of progressing, um, you know, fast forwarding, I collected a lot, uh, grew to have a lot of cards, meaning I didn't know what to do with them. So this is well before the time of eBay. So people would do card shows, believe it or not, even though they're doing them today. That was the only way to really get rid of stuff other than swap meets or, or getting together with your buddy at his place to trade. Um, so uh, I would start to try to sell, if you will, my doubles because I wasn't thrilled about uh, you know, how I was treated, bringing my extras up to folks. And so that kind of got me involved, if you will, in my earliest stages of business, understanding a dollar, um, understanding how to speak with people, meaning you know, social uh, aspects of, of growing up. Um, and then, you know, kind of fast forward, I went to Rutgers College. I graduated in 2000. A shout out to RU, no guarantees, but we might make the tournament for the first time in 29 years, although we, had, we suffered a horrific loss to Michigan at home. So, you know, who knows if it's going to be out well, the window or not. Uh, but anyway. Big Ten basketball this year is uh, you're going to get a lot of teams in with 
10, 11, 12, 13 losses. So should yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we'll see. I still have hope, believe me, uh, Nate. But anyway, he couldn't get back to center for a minute. So I found myself, um, I was, uh, you know, about to graduate Rutgers College. And, um, you know, candidly, I, uh, you know, was not thrilled with the, the prospects of going into corporate America. I mean, I just didn't love anything I saw out there. In fact, I graduated uh, the Rutgers School of Business for the management degree. And even though I had this degree, which, which could get me a corporate job that was paying, you know, whatever it was paying at the time, 50000 or so, and they give you a little bit of money for suits, all sounded great to my parents, right, to, 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 the, to the adults around me, um, mm. but not to me. Um, and so, um, you know, candidly, because I was able to put myself through school with cards, and I did also work at Johnson & Johnson, um, their corporate headquarters are in New Brunswick, uh, and ironically, my office, just collecting minutes breaks, it's about a mile from campus, uh, even today, all these years later, it's our second office. Um, and so, uh, basically, you know, when I was done with school, this is before the Gary V's of the world. Uh, I'm sure Tony Robbins was around then. I just didn't, you know, lead, read or, or, or listen to him. Um, but I, I felt like, hey, I made a lot of mistakes growing up at that point, meaning in my early 20s. Um, but I really wanted to not be miserable doing my job uh, every day. Just seemed, it seemed unbearable, frankly. Uh, so instead of going into corporate America, uh, my first job, for those of you who may have heard of him, um, he was the guy before kind of Steve Hart in the baseball card exchange. His name was Mark Murphy, the baseball card kid. And he sold unopened um, largely through Sports Collectors Digest uh, and his website, uh, which unfortunately is no longer uh, you know, running. Um, but I did that for a few years. And I went to work for an auction house uh, for four years. Um, and uh, after that, I started uh, Just Collect, uh, believe it or not, Nate, um, largely as a uh, consignment firm, meaning you know, I believe that whether it be it's slab stocks, whether it be it's vintage breaks, it's just collect or, you know, something totally unrelated to our industry and hobby. Um, I believe in trying to fill a void, you know, trying to, you know, not creating something, but, but filling a void with information or services that are needed. So when I started doing eBay consignments, if you will, it was well before the likes of PWCC and Probstein. Uh, and in fact, when those folks got involved, I can say with a half a smirk on my face now that I thought, hey, it's great. More people getting involved, um, you know, bringing you know, a lot more business to me. And I thought the prices should go up, meaning instead of charging less for consignments, you would charge more because I was one of the first folks to, you know, like basically have a portal, you know, the way that uh, some of the folks have now. We call the consigner view. We still have the website, consignerview.com. So long story short, um, you know, it just, just proves in life, uh, Nate, that, you know, not everything comes easy. There's the ups, there's the downs. And so, you know, we were doing million, literally millions of dollars a year in, in consignments for the first several years of Just Collect. And, you know, it felt like almost overnight, but I'm sure it wasn't. We went from doing, you know, let's say 80% of consignments, 20% buying and selling to flip-flopping and doing 80% of buying and selling and 20% of consignment because all the consignment folks that were trying to get more and more uh, material for eBay to sell, they were being ultra competitive and they were charging, let's say, I'm making up numbers, but if you would get 15%, now it's 12.5%, that would be 10%. Mm -hmm. And so I just felt long-term for me, that was a bad business to be in. Um, Robustine you know, uh, right now charges 8%, I believe. I could be yeah, wrong. whatever. And, 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 and listen, you know, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely something that's needed in our hobby by a lot of collectors, and in some cases, I guess, dealers as well. Um, however, uh, you know, I, just, I personally didn't want to be the one to service that. Uh, at those levels. 
uh, and be in charge of, you know, an operation doing that. And so uh, I was fortunate uh, Then I started kind of getting into, um, you know, understanding the value of information and sharing it uh, accordingly, um, you know, whether it be on your site or your blog. So we have a very active blog at justcollect.com slash blog. And then kind of fast forward from there, um, you know, I've always had a passion for uh, business and being an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I stepped foot into the uh, Case Break Pavilion several years ago at the National. And, um, you know, just like every year, uh, Nate, at the National, I try to take at least a half hour, an hour for myself. The last few days of National, maybe put my headphones on so I can just enjoy myself and, you know, be a real, a real collector, if you will. Mm-hmm. And not have to worry about uh, buying a certain amount of stuff for the company or, or uh, whatever the case may be. And so when I found it, I was fascinated as to what was going on. It seemed like a lot of action. I was, you know, intrigued. And, uh, you know, needless to say, several years later, we find ourselves here um, because when I first got involved and we started Vintage Breaks, uh, as the folks know it today, um, we were largely just doing vintage breaking, meaning the opening of older packs. And we still do open a lot of older packs. But that was something that was not done really at all before us. Um, and that idea came from Nate. I simply just love the stuff. And so for several years before Vintage Breaks even existed, every year at the National, um, my other company, Just Collect, would take, let's say, one or two really good packs, like a 58 football cello or a 63 Tom's baseball pack, and I would open them at my booth at the National, and, you know, I would film it on Facebook or whatever the case was. Um, Rich Miller from Sports Selectors Daily, a good buddy of mine, would come over every now and then and, and film it, and, I mean, you know, you'd have 11 people watching. And, uh, you know, no, I wasn't selling any spots. I was simply just opening them uh, for, for fun and, you know, obviously uh, hoping to get something good. But um, I've always had a passion for the old packs, Nate, and that really, um, you know, was, was the, the, uh, the foundation and, the, and the, uh, the precipice behind Vintage Breaks. And then, you know, being, bringing it uh, to collectors in such a way that you actually didn't need all the money to take the risk to buy the entire pack. I thought that was really cool because it got to a point for me, I wasn't able to open let's say a multi-thousand dollar pack whenever I wanted, even just at the national once a year, it's just a lot of money to risk. Mm-hmm. So when you thought about getting, you know, people involved to see if they were interested in doing it, I didn't know if they would, no one was doing it, but um, suffice to say they have, and, and we're real excited and proud of the community that we built. I, I will say after hearing you speak right now and watching your videos, uh, it is nice. You can hear and you can see on your videos, the passion you have for specifically the vintage stuff. Uh, I was watching you open a 1955 Bowman baseball pack, and the way you just talked about it, you were so excited. And uh, I think, you know, sometimes slab stocks, uh, Aaron and I, were were really in the game of investments. Um, We enjoy collecting on the side, but, you know, most of our media content is for investment side. So it's nice when there is also, you can remember that there is also – an enjoyment to the hobby outside of the investment realm. And I think you really uh, conquer that with your personality and your joy of it. Well, thanks. Yeah, we have a lot of fun here. And, um, you know, candidly, when we started, uh, I didn't realize, um, you know, we would be building a community such as that we have, meaning, you know, some of these folks are my Facebook friends, we'll text with each other, we'll Facebook message with each other. And the reality of it is, even though I can't see them in their respective homes or offices where folks are watching us, I really do envision what's happening. Um, and of course, I didn't realize this when we were starting. If we did, uh, Nate Kendley, I would have done this sooner. Um, but folks are just, they're, they're entertained, meaning they're, being, they're, they're interacting, they're talking about the hobby. 
listen, I have some folks that spend, you know, candidly a thousand dollars in a night. I have some folks that spend $3 in a night, everything in between. And we, we have some folks that don't spend a single penny and they just really hang out because whether it be they're learning something about the hobby or having some fun, it's their way to unwind much in the way that you or I might watch a TV show for a half hour or an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's what other folks are doing when they're watching vintage breaks uh, and us on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash vintage breaks. So we're just, we're, we're just flattered that we have that, you know, that we have that community and, and, and they're finding the enjoyment that we do doing what we do. And so we're, we're just very thankful for that. Well, I am, uh, I, I am thankful that I've gotten to watch you guys grow a little bit in the last six months since we heard about you. And, uh, it's been quite the, it's been quite the ride when we found out about you guys, it was a lot of vintage. And now, um, you guys have had Emmett Smith, Pete Rose, Gary V on your YouTube channel. I mean, it, it went from it's gotten it's gotten quite big. I know, I know they've all. Uh, Pete Rose was what a year and a half ago, something like that, two years ago. Um, yep, yeah, these are all probably in the last eighteen months. Uh, as you said, you know, Rose was great, Gary V was great. Uh, I mean, Dorsett, Dale Murphy. Uh, we even did something with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. You know, I was a big WWF guy growing up, and I remember. Uh, um, you know, Ricky and his, uh, I forgot his manager's name, really, really down to earth folks. He was extremely nervous. He was like, well, I don't understand, you know, like why, why you'd want to talk to me. And I, you know, I try to explain to him, we're going to open 1985 WWF wrestling pack. And then as soon as he, you know, kind of just ran with it and realized there was no rules other than just having fun. He told us a story about Andre the giant where, I mean, you know, I was just laughing my butt off. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, like I asked him at the end of it, half thinking, you know, being facetious, meaning like, there's just no way this guy's going to do this. I'm like, hey, uh, you know, Ricky, uh, you know, do you think you'd show me a wrestling move? And, you know, of course, at first he's like, nah, nah, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, nah, no, come on, it's no biggie. You know, you're not going to jump off the top rope or anything. So, um, you know, I remember it was like, like it was yesterday because not only it was funny, but you'll see where I'm going with this. Um, it, was, it was very real. So he goes, all right, all right, Layton, no problem. I'm going I'm to do this for you. And for those of you who want to check this out, it is on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash vintage breaks. You can see me open a pack of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, as well as, uh, you know, the inter- you know, call it an interview. We just had fun. We, you know, we hung out. Um, so uh, towards the end, um, he decides that he's going to show me there's two different times of two different types of wrist locks. So the first one, I forgot how he put it. He's like, ah, that's the one, you know, you don't even really feel it. He's like, the second one, even if you don't move, he's like, you'll know you're in a wrist lock. Um, so uh, long story short, um, uh, he did the first one. You, you know, you don't see any expression on my face. Uh, and, um, you know, the, uh, the second one he does. And you can see, even though he's not doing it hard, like you could see the anguish in my face. Like you can only imagine if he pressed it at all. It was, it was, it was, it was a very solid hold. I'll say that. I'm, uh, I'm looking at a still shot of your face right now on the thumbnail for the uh, video. And let me tell you, you look like you're in a little bit of pain there. Yeah. Like it wasn't extreme, but he, he tweaked it just a little bit. So he knew like who was in charge and yeah, Ricky was in charge. There's no doubt. Ricky's always in charge. (laughs) So, uh, you've definitely been blessed to have, I mean, I'm watching the Gary V one and you're opening 1909 tobacco packs for a job. Yeah, what it's pretty a, wild. 
what a incredible, you know, the American dream right there, uh, to say the least. Um, about vintage breaks. Now we've covered we've covered who you are. We've covered a little bit about vintage breaks. Um, I think we should just go over the platforms so that everyone understands uh, where you guys are at. Obviously, vintagebreaks.com is your main landing page, uh, and you can you can get there and you can. Uh, see all your breaks and then you got a video page, a break calendar, a Facebook tab and stuff. And then you have YouTube, which you brought up, um, vintage breaks on YouTube. Uh, is there anywhere else that you'd like people to know about? Sure. So they could also find us on Facebook if it's a little bit easier for you to watch us at facebook.com slash vintage breaks four five nine. Or of course, if you just want to search for us um, on Facebook, just look for vintage breaks four five nine. And then on Twitter, um, the reason why I really like Twitter is we're at vintage underscore breaks on Twitter um, it's because generally I'm the one who's interacting with folks and I'll do some giveaways every now and then, um, you know, I'll reply to folks. Uh, and so it's just nice that, you know, not everything has to be candidly like an email that's sitting in your inbox that you have to get back to things can be a little bit more informal. And I really like Twitter for that. And plus, um, you know, I, I can't speak, uh, you know that much about it because I don't know, but it seems to me that there's there's just there's a different community on Twitter for collecting. I mean, there's a lot of folks on there, but it's not necessarily the same the same folks who are on Facebook. Uh, and so, you know, I like that. It's interesting. Uh, that is something I've also noticed is that there is definitely a Facebook group of people, a Twitter group of people, an Instagram group of people, and they don't. I mean, some of them there's some merger between like Instagram and. Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, but for the most part, it's very separate groups. All right. Now for your product on vintage breaks, I want to talk about this a little bit for most of our listeners here. Obviously we have a lot of, there's a lot of vintage stuff on here. 1970s top Super Bowl wax pack, uh, random, uh, 1986 Fleer basketball wax pack. You got a random here. Um, the SP authentic basketball from 2003. Is there anything? Well, one, I guess we'll start off with this. At what point did you go from saying all vintage to now being like, you know what, let's get a little bit into new stuff. Let's do 2018 Panini immaculate. Sure. So, you know, I'd love to tell you I was a genius and I had the plan all along. That's obviously not true. <laughs> oh, don't sell yourself. Short. So, uh, yeah, listen, I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, what happened was, um, you know, we were opening vintage packs. We're having a lot of fun and, you know, just the kid inside me was looking at what was going on with modern. And it seemed to me that there was, you know, some real, if you will, interesting propositions, uh, out there in the modern world. And so shortly after the national last year, we started to introduce a little bit of modern, and then, you know, listen, everyone knows Zion, you know, coming out, that certainly has uh, impacted the basketball card market. And then if you look at the baseball card market, the last two years, it just flushed with a lot of young kids. And so, you know, I uh, certainly took it slow, but, you know, for whatever it's worth, when we offered our first immaculate basketball box, I don't want to misquote, it might have been like 200 bucks a spot. You can't even buy a box for 1200 bucks now, meaning $200 times six. Yeah. So it, it was just, so it was, it was the product along with the way it was moving uh, price wise that really intrigued me. Um, 
And so uh, I'm, I'm, you know, really excited about the prospects of both the vintage and the modern card market. Um, and, you know, we'll still continue to grow modern slowly. Um, but, you know, we really do so with, with our community in the sense that, hey, if we put up a product or we think about putting up a product and they don't like it, it's very simple. They talk with their wallet, they won't buy anything. And we'll know not to maybe bring that, that product back. But then, you know, other folks will ask me, like, well, where's the line? You know, in other words, what's vintage, what's modern? And, uh, you know, the reality of it is um, that means something different to everybody. So it's not up to me to decide. And so that's another thing that I like, uh, you know, meaning, uh, Nate, I don't say that I'm going to list the modern items and now I have to list a vintage item. If I list two vintage items in a row, I'm not going to list the modern item. It's more about what do I think about the break? Do I think there's good value there? Can we offer it at a fair price? And do I think it's interesting? And if it fits all of those, I'll generally list it. I like it. I like it. Always, always be, uh, always cater to your consumer, but then don't, uh, don't give up on your own views there. Um, for our consumers, now most of you listening to this right now are definitely modern collectors, baseball, basketball, uh, for the most part, some football. Uh, maybe a few of you are, you know, vintage guys. I know Aaron himself likes to have a couple vintage cards. He has a 55 Hank Aaron, 54 Hank Aaron, uh, a Gretzky from, I'm not even going to say the year. Is it 87? Is Wayne Gretzky 87? I, I don't know. Well, he has a card from 87, but his rookie is a little bit earlier than that. Okay. Well, whatever rookie, <laughs> whatever his rookie year is, I'm bad. I'm bad with hockey. Um, yeah, 1979. 1979. Okay. Uh, so for our uh, listeners, if you are interested and you want to check out vintage breaks, but you're like, you know, maybe vintage isn't for me, you know, maybe you want to try it out because there is some pretty cool stuff on here. Uh, we have very old wax packs. We also have, it uh, looks like you have uh, vintage sets that gets pieced out. So right now I'm looking at a 60 card vintage PSA and SGC hit random 60 spots. There's a Turkey Red Ty Cobb, uh, T205 Christy Mathewson. So is that a collection of old cards that then uh, you can buy a spot in and it gets opened up and you get one of them? Exactly. So um, you're asking about what we'll call a hit random. And generally we do hit randoms either as all graded cards or all ungraded cards, Nate. Okay. And the idea is... Um, you know, clearly there's going to be some winners, there's going to be some losers, there's going to be some folks who break even. But what we do is we list everything that is in that break. So if you actually click on that break, the big hit is a turkey red Ty Cobb in a PSA two and a half, which for those of you not familiar, is thousands of dollars. So um, the buy-in to this break is $200 per spot, and there's 60 cards total. So if you buy one spot, you'll be guaranteed one graded card from the list of 60. Now, obviously, not every card is at the level of the Ty Cobb turkey red. And so what we generally do for a hit random is we list the highlights up front, you know, meaning at the top of the break, mm -hmm. the balance of the cards are listed below. And, um, you know, folks can see the entire list um, so that they know and understand, hey, this is how, this is the worst I can do. This is the best I can do. And of course, you don't have to necessarily get the Ty Cobb to do well. The Christy Mathewson, T205 is a great card. Stan Usual Rookie is a great card. You know, the, the list goes on and on. So that is more of a hit random, and it's a finite amount of cards. So it's not always 60 cards, Nate. 
Sometimes it's 30 cards. Sometimes it's 100 cards. It really just depends on the mix. Um, but another product that has become very popular through vintage breaks are set breaks. And what a set break is, is simply offering a particular year, like 1958 tops, having every card in the set, thus a complete set, but you're actually going to do it as a set break. And, and by the way, before I move on to the set break, the set break and the vintage hit random or the graded card hit random in this case work the same in that we will not give out the cards in those particular set breaks or hit randoms until they sell out. The only way to do that is to do that randomly. So we have to have 60 entries uh, in this case. Um, and when we do, we will randomize that um, live on our YouTube show for everyone to watch. Um, and it tends to be very exciting, even though it's not a very long event. As you're getting it ready, you know, you can almost feel the butterflies in your stomach, even if you're not in it. You're like, wow, someone's going to take $200 and they're going to turn it into a $5,000 card. Yeah. There's, uh, there's definitely um, an appeal there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, but then, you know, there's a little bit. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, especially, you know, a Ty Cobb from 1911. Regardless, regardless of the amount of money it's worth, uh, that's just a, a crazy, crazy card to be the owner of. Oh, it's one of my favorite cards, uh, you know, that has been made in the pre-war era. And, you know, folks ask me all the time, you know, do I collect? And I do. But one of the ways I can kind of get away with being able to live in a home as opposed to on the street uh, <laughs> and having just tons of baseball cards but no home is that I really do feel very fortunate and sincerely enjoy being the caretaker for these cards for a brief amount of time. Meaning I understand and I'm aware that I prefer to own this Ty Cobb forever. Listen, I have a five-year-old son, and I'm not suggesting that he's more important than cards, because he is in, of course, uh, almost every way. But my, my, my point is, is that you kind of have to have context and perspective on everything. So, for example, I'd rather have all the cards in vintage breaks, and instead of having to share them with everyone, like to kind of be, you know, hoarding them and, and open them, uh, you know, whenever I see fit. That's not really the way the world works. Uh, and so... I'm happy to be able to have some fun with my son, explain to him what we do. Uh, he's actually opened a few packs on camera with me. Doesn't really quite get what's going on. Um, but, uh, you know, the point is, is that there's so many different ways to enjoy collecting. And I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I do see this, especially now with, you know, folks saying, ah, someone bought optic off the shelf. They're trying to resell it. That's a whole other discussion, right? But, mm -hmm. but, you know, I, I, don't, I don't begrudge anyone for doing anything as long as it's above board, uh, you know, meaning, um, you know, we have a, a limited amount of time, right? Try to enjoy it uh, while we're here. Um, and so for me, if I was to keep this Ty Cobb and every other card I ever want, the sacrifice would be too tremendous to try to figure out how to do that. So I actually, I do, I get almost as much enjoyment, if not as much enjoyment, as being the caretaker and especially when I get to open the packs, candidly, because that's the best part of the pack is opening it. So when you talk about what we do at Vintage Breaks, we get to have a lot of the fun here live on the show, even though we don't keep the cards. For us, it's, that's not really what it's all about. It's about being able to hang out, um, having the, uh, the communal nature of what we do be enjoyed by, you know, not just people in, in our country, but we've actually sold uh, breaks to, I believe, 16 or 18 different countries oh, wow. uh, in the last few years. So we're real, we're real, we're real uh, proud of that. Yeah. And you get to experience other people's joy in getting a little piece of what you had. Right. Which is, uh, Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. From, it's a, it's a blast. 
from a from a slab stocks perspective, right? We we will now. Aaron's a little busy right now, so we've gotten a little away from it. But when we find deals on eBay, we would send them out to our email followers instead of to instead of buying them ourselves. And the thought behind it is, yeah, we could make some money, but a we don't have endless amounts of money where we can buy all the cards we want, and b we're helping somebody else, and there is joy you get out of that, and uh, you can clearly get some joy out of running these breaks and helping somebody else achieve their dream of owning a 1911 Turkey Red Ty Cobb. Yeah, or being able to open a pack of 1972 baseball, but they don't have to own every card or buy every card in it. That's really expensive. Yeah. But, you know, for 60 bucks, you can grab a spot in it and have a chance. And, and you know, what uh, a lot of my friends, at least, who tune in, they're not necessarily collectors, they find it very surprising that everyone's kind of rooting for each other. And, you know, this day and age of social media, right, it's not that easy to find. No. <laughs> you know, folks who are, who are cheering for you. So, you know, we found that the communal nature really is that, is that it's not just, hey, how was your day? You know, what are you buying into tonight? But, oh, wow, I didn't get anything in my spot. Wow, I really hope you get a Colton Fitz rookie in the 72 pack, you know, even though I didn't get one. You know, it's, it, it makes a lot of fun. Yeah. So you've built up, you've built up a nice community. As for our community, you know, we talked about the, the vintage stuff. We talked about how you got into new uh, era uh, product. Um, for our specific listeners, you may be interested just taking a quick glance at their vintagebreaks.com. Uh, they've got 2009 Bowman Draft, which you will know for Mike Trout, Bowman Draft Picks, which is Mike Trout's year, and you can get a spot in there. Uh, they've got Immaculate 2018 Immaculate Basketball, which is Luca. You can get a spot in there. They've got 2009 Tops uh, Basketball, which would be Steph Curry. Um, so there's definitely a number of products on here that if you're not big into vintage product, they still have a nice selection of new products that will have all of your favorite players from Giannis to Mike Trout and everyone in between. Yeah, we just got 2003 SP Authentic Basketball in. We hadn't had that in a while. And I mean, you know, if you look at the possible cards in there, I realize it's a long shot, but, you know, 2003 SP Authentic Basketball could be a monster. You know, it's, it's always a long shot until you do it. I, I was watching uh, – I was watching totally. a break today of a guy that just found three tops update packs, opens the first one and gets a Ronald Acuna Jr. short print, which is like a $250 card. So, you know, it, it was unlikely, but he did it. And you only ever know if you join in. Absolutely. That's uh, you know, listen, that's the fun of it. And um, I mean, look at the way that our, not just our country, but our world consumes media now. Um, you know, my son knows vintage breaks as a show you know, he's young, right? So he doesn't understand the idea of business and stuff, but he definitely understands YouTube. And it's kind of funny because 10 years ago, it, it would have been like, people would have been snickering behind our backs. Hey man, you have a podcast. What, what are you talking about? Yeah. Right, Nate? Like, <laughs> you know, parents, friends be like, what are you talking about, buddy? Um, but well, actually, you know, the reality of it is kind of get that sometimes <laughs> when they oh, don't so understand cards. Totally. They're like, you, Oh, are you kidding me? Uh, you know, cards? it's funny, uh, but I've, I've had some, I've had some, uh, some folks understand, you know, once, they put two and two together. They're like, wait a minute, what are you doing? And, um, you know, we've actually uh, not, not, not trying to do this, but we've had some friends or, or, or friends of mine's uh, husbands uh, or wives, you know, be interested in what we do. Um, and, you know, we'll buy into a few breaks every now and then. Cause it's kind of just, whether it be you like to play poker, you like to watch, 
you know, Seinfeld or, or Big Bang Theory or movies, right? I mean, you know, everyone has their, their, uh, their entertainment, if you will, their, the way they unwind. You play tennis, right? You play in the local softball league. And so what we're just finding is there's a community of folks, whether it be it's one day a week or several days a week, they enjoy, you know, it's almost like we've become this virtual card shop. Yep. It, it is wild. The, uh, you know, you go on YouTube and you see you guys opening up packs. You've got uh, Jab's family, Packer cards, you know, these guys that open up and thousands of views per video, every video where people are actually using this. They sit down at their computer and it's not, oh, I'm getting direct. I don't have direct TV. I don't need it. I've got YouTube and this is their entertainment. And it's, uh, it's wild because, like you said, 10 years ago, Nobody would have been like, oh, I'm going to sit down and YouTube, you know, but uh, here we yeah, are. No, I love, I love how it's a verb now. Yep, totally. Yeah. And you have a very successful business model uh, because of YouTube, essentially, and people's uh, entertainment habits. Um, I would like to get into a little bit. So we are running, for those of you that don't know, or if you haven't signed up for our eBay email list yet, um, which you should, if you haven't, it's a good way to learn. Uh, about the card market and what we're looking at. Uh, Vintage Breaks is currently running an ad spot on our email. And it is, there is a grand prize. And uh, Leighton, could you just explain it a little bit for them? What's going on here? Sure. So we have our big event is ending this Sunday at 10 o'clock. They can find out all the details at event.vintagebreaks.com. If you come over and join our community right now and you buy into any break between now and this Sunday at 10 o'clock, you'll automatically be entered into our buy any spot promo in which there's 25 prizes, including a Mickey Mantle signed baseball that's already authenticated by PSA. There is um, a $500 break credit, Tito Sig Zachweed Hall of Famer, PSA 4. For those modern lovers, there's a 2019 Topps Chrome Sapphire Box surprise. 2019 Panini Prism Hanger Box, uh, about a dozen unopened vintage packs from the late 70s and early 80s. You know, some of the greats, 84 football, 89 score football, 88 clear basketball, you know, some really fun stuff. Oh, and then for those folks... 89 score football, get a Tony Mandrich. Oh, my God, Jeff Lagerman. Um, yeah, no, filthy. Really, uh, just, you know, in many ways is good memories, but in some other ways... I remember specking on, you know, those kinds of players. I'm like, what do you mean it's not going to be good? And, of course, you find out years later defensive players aren't actually the best investment. Well, Just how I learned in 1989, I used to buy Tom Gordon rookies, and my dad's like, you know, pitchers are just they're really tough, man. <laughs> I guess from my perspective, I'm a Packer fan, and the idea that oh, sure. Aikman went first and then Tony Mandrich went second and then Hall of Famer Barry Sanders, Hall of Famer uh, – uh, uh, the linebacker for the Chiefs. Why can't I think of his name? Derek Thomas. Derek Thomas. And then Hall of Famer Deion Sanders went three, four, and five. <laughs> Just like, uh. Yeah, that's a tough pull as well. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we digress, from, we digress from your big event on Sunday. So continue, please. Sure. So uh, the other event that we have ending of the Sunday, we call it our VIP promotion. And the way to qualify for that event and to get one entry is between January 28th and February 23rd. This Sunday, we spent $1,000 on any spots at all on vintagebreaks.com. You will get one entry into that VIP promotion. 
You spend $2,000 in any spots, of course, you will get two entries, so on and so forth. There are three prizes, but the first and the grand prize is a Babe Ruth signed check from 1946. It is already authenticated by PSA DNA. It is graded eight on a scale of one to 10. Um, it's an unbelievable item. You can see that firsthand um, at event.vintagebreaks.com. Second prize is a really cool vintage pack from 1973. It's a 1973 Topps basketball rack pack featuring Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-star card on top, Dr. J on the bottom, and then third place is a $1,500 break credit. And the last part, which we haven't really talked about, because I've done, uh, I spoke, uh, I guess, on a few podcasts in the last week or so, but I've, I've uh, you know, forgot this on a few of them, so I figured I'll mention it now. So we actually give away a golden ticket. This is our fourth of 10. Um, after we give out all 10, we've been doing them every month until the national. Um, you're going to be entered. Uh, the only way to qualify for this golden ticket is to be in the VIP promo. So we give away the three prizes plus a fourth uh, prize of the golden ticket. And what one of these golden tickets uh, will give you uh, a chance to win is an all-expense-paid trip to this year's national in Atlantic City. Ooh. So we're going to pay for your airfare round trip. We're going to pay for a hotel for two nights. We're going to get you a super VIP ticket for the national and. We're guaranteeing you a meet and greet with a Hall of Famer at the National. We're just not sure who it's going to be yet. Um, so one person is going to win that grand prize um, probably at some point in July during our 10th promo, meaning we're collecting one golden ticket over the, over the next or the last 10 months. In other words, four months ago we started. Over the next six months we'll get six more names. And then, Nate, uh, when we have 10 names, we'll random it off live on our show and we'll be paying for one person to go all expense paid trip to this year's national in Atlantic city. Wow. That is quite the deal considering I know what a hassle it's going to be to get from Milwaukee to Atlantic city. And that's only halfway across the United States. Uh, that is uh, a significant prize right there and something that could, Oh yeah. You know, it, it it's the benefit extends beyond just winning it. Cause you then get to spend two days for free at the national and in Atlantic city which if I've learned anything from my grandmother, it's that there's great slot machines there. <laughs> yeah, listen, AC is a lot of fun. They got good eats. Um, you know, they're going to have a great convention. Uh, the surrounding area is nice. It's a good time of year, meaning the summer, so you can hang out outside after the show. You know, it's wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think that covers everything that I wanted to talk today about on this interview. Uh, I would like to give you a little chance to, uh, if you've got anything coming up outside of obviously the promotion that ends on the 23rd, if you've got anything coming up this summer, April, May, June, July, that you would like any of our listeners to know. Uh, well, thanks for, thanks for asking, Nate. I appreciate uh, you giving me an opportunity. Um, so once again, thanks for having us today. And I want everyone to know that what we do at Vintage Breaks is a lot of fun. And even if you're not able to participate in the breaks, come on, join us on YouTube or on Facebook. You'll have a good time. Um, we do give away a lot of prizes, even for those folks who do not buy into anything at all. We have a chance to win. For example, we run something called Guess That Gum. We save old gum from packs. We'll show it on camera uh, a variety uh, you know, of times, let's say, throughout the night. And we'll give away prizes like break credit or free vintage cards. And you can identify the year of the gum correctly. So, you know, we'll have a lot of fun uh, on the show, Nate. And, um, you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, but I do want everyone to know that we'll be running one of these big events every single month until this year's national. 
So even if you are not able to make it, you know, this particular month, um, we'll probably be starting our next one towards the end of next week. Um, and then we'll be promoting it next weekend live from the Valley Ford show uh, out of um, uh, the casino down there uh, in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Uh, so we'll be, we'll be breaking live from that show. And in fact, Nate, we'll be the only folks generally breaking live from that show. So we really do a lot to, uh, you know, not just breaking the office, but to promote our business, to promote breaking, right? Because we realize if we're, if we're talking about breaking, it doesn't mean that they're going to come back and break with us. They might break with someone else. We're okay with that. You know, we, we, you know, we want to expand the, 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 you know, the notoriety that breaking has uh, to as many people as possible. Um, and so I would encourage you, whether it be by this Sunday or in future months, please check us out at vintagebreaks.com or make sure you subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash vintage breaks. And the reason why I encourage you to, to subscribe is that way you'll know each and every time that we'll be live as opposed to going there, being disappointed that we're not live. Um, some folks, even who uh, that they are aware of our schedule, will go live at special times and they wouldn't have known that we're going to open up a pack with Gary V or Emmett Smith because it's at weird times, but yet they were notified because they subscribed to our YouTube channel. So um, that was something else that I wanted to share with everyone. And then if we had one more minute, Nate, I wanted to talk to everyone just a little bit about, you know, something I kind of saw with my um, pursuit of one Mr. Glaber Torres cards, which I think, as you know, I'm not one that's usually doing this, but I just saw some interesting, you know, things happen uh, in the card market that I thought there might be some value to share with, you know, with your community. Okay. Great. So I recently started buying uh, some Glaber Torres cards. Uh, I wouldn't say for the company, just more for myself. You know, you're talking, let's say a dozen to 20, um, 2018 tops traded PSA tens, you know, the U S 200 one, um, you know, the main one. Tops update. And so you get a tops update. Um, what I thought was really interesting is as soon as I started buying them, and, you know, on occasion, I would either buy, do them and buy it now, or I would ask people, hey, how much for your last three? And what, what started happening as I was buying them, someone was like, hey, well, you know, it looks like they're starting to be picked off, so I'm going to hold firm now. And I'm like, you know, the person who's picking them off is me. Like, this is not some big, you know, massive corporation coming in that needs 5,000 Glaber Torres. So, you know, one, it just talks about, you know, the quality that's available. We don't really know what's out there. But two, and I thought this was even more interesting, so um, I was also targeting some of his uh, Chrome Sapphire cards, and I'm not suggesting it's a good buy or not. Just I'm a Yankee fan, right? I, you know, I believe in labor long term. Uh, um, I wanted to get. We love, 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 love Topps Chrome Sapphire cards. So I will. I will. Yeah, yeah. So, so do I. That is a great buy. Yeah. So I bought one recently on eBay. I've been trying to buy another one, um, and this is what I found. This is my general tip for everyone. And and I understand, um, you know that. Uh, not each and every one of us has the same approach, but to me, at the very least, if you're trying to pursue cards in any quantity more than one, this is my advice. And if it's too obvious or so obvious, and I apologize, but what I figured out is you're way better off. For example, I'm going to a convention this weekend, and I'm not suggesting I'll be able to find any of these cards there, but at the very least, I'm better off and you're better off, whoever you're targeting, buying the cards in person at a show and then leaving the cards that you'd want to buy on eBay as the last resort. And I'll tell you why. Because until there's a bigger platform that comes around, and I understand VCPs out there, PSA has their auction database, but I'm not talking about closed auctions. I'm actually talking about current available inventory. And so even though Amazon does have some stuff and there's auction houses which clearly sell a lot of stuff, 
they don't usually sell a lot of modern, eBay is still the barometer as to what's available in the marketplace. This is my point. If you're looking to acquire some Glaber Sapphire Chrome cards, whether it be an 8, 9, or 10, you're better off hitting up some conventions and or your buddies, some Facebook groups, or even a card shop or two before you go buying them on eBay. Because as soon as they disappear from eBay or you pick off one or two of them, other folks will be more reluctant to deal with you, to give you a better deal. Or in some cases, they'll actually raise the price because they think that there's now a run, if you will, and that card is quote unquote hot. When in actuality, all you're trying to do is take a position. And this is my point. I'm not you know, uh, uh, trying to say anything else other than to me, uh, which was the obvious that I figured out and wanted to pass it on to your users, is just be careful. Meaning, you know, there's folks out there which will be happy to say, no, no, I'm raising it 50 bucks. Someone out there is buying it. And you're like laughing to yourself because meanwhile, you bought the last three cards and you're not, you know, you're not trying to hurt anyone. You're simply just trying to, I mean, I hate to say acquiring three or four or five cards is a position, but depending on what product or issue you're talking about, it is. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I'm saying is look out for yourself, look out for your interests and understand that even though eBay has the cards readily available for you, as soon as you start picking it off from there, you might be driving up the price on yourself versus yep. going out and buying them in the secondary market like a convention or Facebook groups or card shops first and then exploring the eBay um, inventory. Yeah, because if, if you go and buy from a card shop, say the, card, the Tops update Gliber Torres um, as of two weeks ago, I believe, was like $45. Uh, if you go buy the card shop and they use the eBay price, it's 45 bucks, and you'll get it for $45. If you start buying them for 45 bucks and four of them disappear on February 7th, all of a sudden somebody's like, oh, they're buying them, and somebody ups their auction bid to $49 and all of a sudden somebody else does it and it's now a 49 to $50 card. And now like two weeks later, this tops update PSA 10 is going for um, like 55 to 60 bucks when it was like 45 as of two weeks ago. Uh, so hey, you, sorry about that. I'm not sure what happened. Oh, you're okay. Uh, so you, ha you make a good point in that if you want the best available deal and I would agree Buy away from eBay first. Use eBay as the last resort for some of this stuff. Obviously, some big name stuff like Gliber Torres, Tops Update, Golds. You're probably not going to find a bunch of those. But if you're just looking for his uh, for his regular Tops Update, uh, US 200, easier to find at your local card shop slash card show. Definitely. So I would definitely, I would definitely agree. If you're trying to if you are investing on a budget, which almost all of us are because we have actual life uh, consequences if we don't, um, that is a good tip, Leighton. A very good tip, I would agree with. Well, thanks. It was uh, interesting to share uh, with you folks. Um, you know, we'll see what everyone else thinks. So welcome everyone's comments and feedbacks. You can always reach out to me personally, uh, Leighton, L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N at JustCollect.com. I'm a baseball card nerd. So, you know, I'm talking cards all the time. Hit me up anytime. Yeah. Well, Leighton, uh, thank you for jumping on this podcast today. I hope all of our listeners understand you and understand Vintage Breaks a little bit better. Um, I hope if you can all go check them out, uh, go check them out, or at least watch a few of their uh, YouTube videos to get a better understanding. A pretty good company. Uh, we know a couple guys associated with them, Leighton being one of them, and uh, have had a good experience with all of them in our interactions. So Leighton, thank you. 
Uh, it was a pleasure to get to talk to you today. And uh, any any last words? Well, last thing I wanted to mention is uh, thanks again for your time. And however you see fit, uh, we'd like to give out a $50 break credit to your community in some way. I'll leave it up to you to decide. Um, but we really appreciate uh, everyone who's tuned into today's show. Uh, once again, if you have anything, whether it be breaks-wise or vintage cards-wise, uh, that you'd like to chat about, you can always hit me up through email, and uh, you know, I'd love to chat. Okay. Well, I'm sure everyone listening to this will be uh, excited to try to get a $50 break credit, and uh, we appreciate you coming on today. Thank you, Leighton. Thanks so much, Nate. Take it easy. All right. There was our interview with Leighton Sheldon from Vintage Breaks. I hope you all enjoyed listening to that. I hope you got if a little bit of humor or maybe a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of better understanding of breakers and specifically vintage breaks. You know, hopefully you learned something from that interview. I really enjoyed doing it. Leighton is a very nice guy. Uh, fun to get to know a little bit better. Uh, he's been in cards his entire life, and uh, it's been... Uh, a fun exercise for me to get to interview him and I'm sure it was fun for him to be interviewed and I hope it was fun for you guys to get to listen to it. So thank you for that. On to the important thing here is the break credit that he mentioned, Leighton mentioned at the end of the podcast and is number one, very nice of Leighton and the crew at Vintage Breaks to give a $50 credit out into their breaks to one of you guys who are listening to this podcast right now. Now the question is, and he said it, it's up to us to figure out how to get in, and the question is, how do we do that? And here is the answer. We have our eBay links list. On Saturday morning, our eBay auction email will be going out. To enter, and this is super easy, to enter, all you have to do is click on that email. That's it. Just click on the email, and you will be entered. Your email, uh, your email address will be taken, put into a randomizer if you click on it. They'll all be randomized, and one winner will win $50 from Vintage Breaks. Um, the easiest giveaway you've ever entered in your entire life. Just one click, and you're entered. Now, if you're not part of the eBay list, it's easy to become a part of. All you have to do is go to slabstocks.com. At the top of the page, you will see in a email input bar right there and you just type in your email press enter and you're entered and you will receive that email on saturday morning super easy and fifty dollars goes a long way on vintage breaks you can get into plenty of their breaks for fifty dollars you can get one of 12 spots to a panini contenders uh box so there's uh 12 spots should be 12 cards in the box uh, no, just kidding. There should be 12 hits in the box, right? Uh, but anyways, 50 bucks for one spot there. Well, you have a $50 credit. Or you can go cheaper. They've got a number of cheaper credits um, or cheaper breaks. Uh, trying to find a couple really cheap ones here for you. So we're looking at 2014 Bowman Draft Jumbo, one box, 12 spot random uh, pack, $25 a spot. So you could get two breaks there. Or they have 2018 Topps Chrome Sapphire, one box, 106 spot random. Topps Chrome Sapphire is insanely expensive. Ronald Lacuna cards are unbelievable right now. And then on the more expensive end, you've got, for your purposes, if you're not interested in vintage stuff, you know they have Bowman Draft Baseball 
24 spot random, 325 bucks, you get $50 off of that for a spot. Or you could get $50 off of the 2009 Topps basketball with Steph Curry in it, you get $50 off, and it's only costing you $50 for that spot. So plenty of things for your $50 uh, credit to go to. Um, a very nice giveaway from Layton. He didn't have to do that on the interview. It wasn't like, oh, come on, do an interview and give something away to our followers. He brought that up on his own accord at the very end. It was very nice of him. Um, so I hope you all get entered into that. Very easy to enter. After you're done listening to this podcast, just go, wait for Saturday, click on the email, and you're good to go. Um, anyways, thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it, and we will talk to you again next time.